Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone, rest your cause. Hey there, Edwin. Hey there, Andrew. It's Friday. It is Friday, the end of another week. It just keeps progressing one after another, after (laughs) another, after another. It doesn't stop. But we love Fridays around here. We're getting all geared up and excited for Sunday, the Lord's Day. And if you're in the Tampa area, we hope you'll come out and worship with us this Sunday. Go to our website, www.christiansmeethere.org, for all the contact information. We'd love to see you. So we're going to wrap up our discussion of Matthew chapter 21 today. Uh, I've got a little bit longer reading as the Lord concludes, uh, or I should say Matthew concludes the chapter with a couple of parables that the Lord teaches to these somewhat uh, confused and discombobulated and perhaps cowed chief priests. Yesterday, he uh, stumped them with a question about authority. I don't think he really stumped them, though. They just didn't want to answer whether or not the baptism of John was from heaven or from men. And he's going to pick up and speak to them now. I'm going to read from the New King James Version, Matthew chapter 21 and verse 28. Jesus said, But what do you think? A man had two sons, and he came to the first and said, Son, go work today in my vineyard. He answered and said, I will not. But afterward, he regretted it and went. Then he came to the second and said, Likewise. And he answered and said, I go, sir. But he did not go. Which of the two did the will of his father? They said to him, The first. Jesus said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that tax collectors and harlots enter the kingdom of God before you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But tax collectors and harlots believed him. And when you saw it, you did not afterward relent and believe him. Here another parable. There was a certain landowner who planted a vineyard and set a hedge around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a tower. And he leased it to vine dressers and went into a far country. Now in vintage time drew near, he sent his servants to the vine dressers that they might receive its fruit. And the vine dressers took his servants, beat one, killed one, and stoned another. Again, he sent other servants, more than the first, and they did likewise to them. Then last of all, he sent his son to them, saying, They will respect my son. But when the vine dressers saw the son, they said among themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and seize his inheritance. So they took him and cast him out of the vineyard and killed him. Therefore, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those vine dressers? They said to him, He will destroy those wicked men miserably and lease his vineyard to other vine dressers who will render to him the fruits in their seasons. Jesus said to them, Have you never read in the scriptures the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone? This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. Therefore I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken from you and given to a nation bearing the fruits of it. And whoever falls on this stone will be broken, but on whomever it falls, it will grind him to powder. Now when the chief priests and the Pharisees heard his parables, they perceived he was speaking of them. But when they sought to lay hands on him, they feared the multitudes because they took him for a prophet. Well, there it is again. 
we're going to be afraid of the multitudes because they believe this guy's a prophet. So we've got to hold off. We're really upset. We want to throw the book at him, but not yet. Not yet. We got to, we got to play this little game of chess a little better. Get him, get him a little bit closer to checkmate before we drop the hatchet. I I like that they perceived he was talking about them when after they (laughs) failed to answer his question about John the Baptist he throws down on John the Baptist and says that tax collectors and harlots believed him, right? They obeyed. They received the baptism of John, but you didn't, and you didn't repent, Yeah, <laughs> which yeah. means you should have. So what we have here are the first two installments of a trilogy of parables that Jesus gives in response to this hypocrisy, this insincerity, this terrible response, this this lack of listening to the invitation. I've sent my servant John, and he mm-hmm. said the feast is coming. Um, and, and now I'm actually using the terms from the third installment, which we'll read next week. But I've sent my servant John. The The, the call has been made. And uh, here's what you did. He, he got killed. Yeah. And now the son is here. And you know what? You're going to kill him too. Yeah. So again, if, if we're reading and paying careful attention, even if this is the first time we've ever read it, we, we should be picking up on, oh, okay, I know it's going to happen. This is this is what happens to the son. Yeah. The son gets killed. The son's going so to get killed. So as, as good as things seem to be going in these first couple of days, as things seem to be going in his direction, as the crowds are, are praising him and proclaiming him, and so much so that the leaders are cowed in their, yeah. in their actions against him— I, I should be seeing, uh, yeah, but that's not how it's going to end. It's not going to end that way. No, that's, that's a really good point. So a couple of parables here. You said the first two installments of a trilogy. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So in this first one, you've got a, a father imploring children, right? A first son who says, no, I'm not going to do what you ask. And then he goes and does it. Yeah. Another one says, uh, of course, I'm there. I'm the good son. But then doesn't do it. Yeah. And uh, the... Uh, application is made quite immediately to you religious leaders, you chief Pharisees. You're the ones who said you would, and you don't uh, be obedient to God's word. And the, as opposed to the tax collectors and the sinners who in the choices in their lives, right? They're, they're uh, going against the will of God. But hey, when, when John called, they came around. Can I make a modern application in some of the modern debates that happen in so in, in so-called yeah, Christianity today. Sure, let's talk about because it. I think what we see from these two sons is that discipleship is actually about what you do, mm. not just, not just what, what you what believe you and said. Okay, you you can confess the right doctrines mm. and still not be a disciple. Right. Discipleship is about doing what was said, not just knowing what was said, not just believing what was said, not even just confessing what was said. It's about doing about what was said. About living it and keeping it. Yeah. And so we go back to the Sermon on the Mount. And how do, you remember mm-hmm. how that ended? Yeah. Jesus tells this story about the wise man and the foolish man, the wise man who hears and does, the foolish man who hears and does not do. Mm-hmm. When the judgment comes... The wise man's house stands firm, and the foolish man's house goes splat. <laughs> and and here we've got... That's, uh, is that Hebrew or is that Greek? Mm, I'm not sure. Yeah, maybe that, that may be from the Aramaic. You know, there, maybe, we have a couple of Aramaic that's words right, that's the, right, that's the Gospels. Right. Anyway, the, here, so what we have in these parables is this, this um, displacement, subverted expectations, role reversals. Okay. And... So you've got these two sons, and at the beginning of the parable, one seems to be the good son, and the other one seems to be the black sheep. By the time the story is done, roles have reversed. 
and the one has been displaced. Jesus applies it. By the way, uh, you know, there's two parables that Jesus gives full-on explanations for, but this is one where he comes really close. I mean, we might even say this is a third one that he explains because he immediately follows it up and says, look, this is what I'm really talking about. I'm talking about the fact that here's this group of religious elite that have Mm -hmm. acted like, yes, Lord, we're going to do whatever you said. Yes, Lord, when your Messiah comes, we're going to follow him. But when John got on the scene... You guys didn't do they it. They did not. But the tax collectors and sinners and prostitutes did. Yeah. You know, for all these generations, they've been saying, no, nope, not going to serve the Lord, not going to serve the Lord. But when John showed up, they yeah. heeded the call. Yeah. And so there's been a role yeah. reversal. There's been a displacement and subverted expectations. The people we expected to respond didn't. So on this next parable then, if the first one talks about the heart and the subverted expectations, I don't do what I say I will do. Um, This next parable seems to be just about out-and-out wickedness, rebellion against the the owner of the land. I mean, the vine dressers are just, they're going to go their own way. And every time that the owner sends somebody else to try to get them to do what's right and and to bring the a- appropriate produce and harvest, etc., back to the landowner, uh, they treat them terrible, stoning, beating, killing. And uh, it's a curious thing to me, what would possess them, the owner, to send my son? They'll think more about the son instead of saying, this might be putting the son in harm's way. Mm right? Uh, And yet this is the shadow of what's happening now. Now the Son of God is in the midst of out-and-out rebels. Well, let me me share with you another parable Mm. that might shed some light on this one. I'm I'm just going to read it. Let me sing for my beloved my love song concerning his vineyard. My beloved had a vineyard on a very fertile hill. He dug it and cleared it of stones and planted it with choice vines. He built a watchtower in the midst of it and hewed out a wine vat in it. He looked for it to yield grapes, but it yielded wild grapes. And now, O inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge between me and my vineyard. What more was there to do for my vineyard than I have not done for it? When I looked for it to yield grapes, why did it yield wild grapes? And now I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will remove its hedge. It shall be devoured. I will break down its wall. It shall be trampled down. I will make it a waste. It shall not be pruned or hoed, and briars and thorns shall grow up. I will also command the clouds that they rain no rain upon it. For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel, and the men of Judah are his pleasant planting. And he looked for justice, but behold, bloodshed. For righteousness, but behold, an outcry. Mm. That's from Isaiah chapter 5. I would have to think that Jews, as they hear Jesus' parable of the vineyard, that kind of story has to come to their mind. Oh, wait a minute. I know what the vineyard is. Hmm. The vineyard is God's people. The vineyard is Jerusalem and Judea. Uh, That's what it was when Isaiah talked about a vineyard. And now we've got these guys. So we know what happens. We know what happens when the vine dressers, you know, he says, he says to these people, what's going to happen? Oh, he's going to judge. We know because that's what Isaiah said. And the shocking thing is, is by the time it's done, all of a sudden they realize, hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. He's saying we're the bad vine dressers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and, and what, what God is going to do is he's going to come in and he's going to judge the vine dressers and he's going to hand it over. He's going to hand the vineyard over to people who bear the fruit of it. Now, this is the shocking thing. In our first parable of subverted expectations, it's, it's still among the Jews. 
here are these right. Jewish leaders that have been saying, yes, when the Messiah comes, we'll follow. But when the forerunner comes, they don't. They didn't, sure. But it's Jewish tax collectors and prostitutes yeah. and sinners yeah. that had been saying, we're not going to follow. But when the invitation actually comes, they heed the call. Now we're talking about something a little bit deeper, bigger, broader, wider. We're talking about the fact that the vineyard had been the Jews, Judea, Jerusalem. And now he's saying, I've seen the people that I set up as the vine dressers, and they're not bearing the fruit of it. So what am I going to do? I'm going to hand it over to a different people. Mm-hmm. Now we're opening the door for Gentiles. Gentiles. Now we're opening the door for folks like you and me to get to be a part of this. Mm-hmm. And what a blessing that is for us. It is. And then as we come to maybe this final portion of the chapter, uh, Jesus quotes again from Psalm 118, the second appearance uh, in Matthew 21. To me, that the message is, and this is happening right now, folks. This is in your midst. When he says, have you never read in the scripture, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. That here is Jesus, the stone. He's the one being rejected. Yeah. Uh, and this is coming about as God had ordained. And this is a verse that really gets me. Verse 44, the one who falls on this stone will be broken to pieces, and when it falls on anyone, it will crush him. Mm. You know, um, I mean, maybe he's talking about two negative things, but the idea of falling on the stone, I feel like, is is the person who, I, maybe he's referring back to the stumbling stone. Now you've stumbled and you've broken pieces, but I think I think there's a contrast here, and yet both of them look kind of painful. They do. When I fall on the stone, when I when I land on the stone, when I come to the stone, there's going to be a breaking. Right. Remember our last three or four chapters that have been all about humility. humility. Absolutely. Me being broken. Yeah. When I come and I collapse on the stone and I and I it's it's a breaking yeah. of me. But that's better than if the stone comes and falls on me because that's a crushing. I think that's exactly it. To come to Christ, we must be broken. He breaks us. And, you know, again, Sermon on the Mount, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are they who mourn, right? We shall be broken on Christ. But if we're not, if we're proud, if we're going to pursue the way of these rebellious uh, vine dressers, we'll be crushed. We'll have this judgment. Yeah. Again, want to invite everybody to be with us on Sunday. Go to christiansmeethere.org to find out about times and locations and all the things we have going on. We have our assembly in the morning, classes in the evening. We'd love for you to be a part of any of that. Send us a message, text talk at christiansmeethere.org. We'd love to hear from you. And let's go ahead and wrap up with a prayer. Our great God and Father, Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for this week that we could spend time looking at Matthew 21, discussing it. Thank you for all the people who uh, join us for the podcast. Pray your blessings upon all of us, fathers. We come to your word. We pray, Father, we might have tender hearts, that we might uh, align both our hearts and our attitudes, Father, and our actions, that we would be the ones who commit to confess that we want to serve you. And then, Father, help us to serve you and uh, to be faithful to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song, You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. 
Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.